Welcome to Vantage Worldwide Germany edition, brought to you by Abacus Worldwide. Vantage examines the opportunity and potential challenges of doing business across the globe. Each month, experts from Abacus membership share insight into the business environment in their country, providing you with highlights of what is required for international expansion. Please join me in welcoming our panelists, Alexander Rhein, Petra Gürkel, and Rainer Streit. Alexander is managing partner of our Stuttgart firm, Stähler, Hollander and Partner, MBB. Alexander is a tax consultant and certified public accountant with over 25 years of professional experience. Petro is managing partner of Aduva, founded in 2012 and with nearly 25% of their client base being international. They've been recognized several times as one of the top tax consulting firms in Germany. Petra herself is certified tax consultant, auditor, and specialist in international tax law with over 30 years in the industry. Reino is a certified public auditor, tax consultant, and managing partner of our Cologne firm, Nort and Partner, GmbH. Reino specializes in foreign direct investments, corporate financing, and corporate tax law. Our moderator today is Jürgen von Lengerk. After studying economics in Heidelberg, Jürgen worked for six years in a tax consultancy in Hamburg, qualifying there as a tax consultant. Jürgen joined Betrieb's SHBB in 2001 and has been managing director there since 2005. Over to you, Jürgen. Thank you, Ali, for introducing the four of us. Um, and thank you to all participants uh, interested in the economy of Germany. Um, we hope to be able to provide to you some insights into some key terms of German business, tax and employment issues. Um, since Germany is by GDP the fourth largest uh, country in the world and provides 21% of the GDP of the European Union, some of you might be interested in um, why this is such. And secondly, if you would have some chance to participate in this business. So um, as you can imagine, we will not be able to answer all uh, single questions and uh, details, but would like to provide you with some basic information and um, whatever you need in detail, uh, you can contact either one of us directly later. So we'll start, of course, with the basis of the German economy. Uh, maybe Alexander, you can provide us some background on the infrastructure of this. Of course. Thank you, Jürgen. I would like to give you a short overview of the infrastructure in Germany. Uh, the federal government invests over 15 billion euros annually in the maintenance and expansion of the transport infrastructure. There are currently 24 airports in Germany from which national and, inter and international air traffic is operated. The most important locations for international connections are Frankfurt, Berlin, and Munich. Domestic flights provide very good access to all major cities in Germany. Connections to other major cities in Europe are also very well developed. Due to the many large rivers, there are also well-developed networks of waterways, which mainly used by, by the chemical and steel industries. Duisburg, for example, is home of the largest inner harbor in Europe. Major overseas ports with container terminals are located in Hamburg and Bremen. The railroad, railroad network covers more than 38,000 kilometers and connects all cities with each other. 
top speeds of up to 300 kilometers an hour are possible on some new lines. Deutsche Bahn, the German railway company, will invest 12.7 billion euros in 2021 for further ex expansion and an efficient modern rail network, attractive stations, and the project Digital Rail Germany. The highway network in Germany has a total length of over 13,000 kilometers. Since the car is very popular in Germany, the road network is widely ramified and closely meshed. For passenger cars, the use of the roads is free of charge. Trucks have to pay a highway toll. In our well-developed transport infrastructure, you can rely on a large network of logistic companies to take care of all transport and logistic issues. And some words about the electricity production in Germany. This is currently draws on a broad mix of different types of energy. More than 40% of electricity production is already produced using renewable energies. Their expansion is still being driven forward very strongly. Unfortunately, electricity prices are very high by European standards, but the German government has already put forward initials, initial proposals to curb the price increase. Another important area is highly developed in, in highly developed industrial nations is the labor market. I now hand over to my colleague Rainer. So it's your turn. Yeah, thank you, Alex. <clears throat> um, uh, beside the so-called infrastructure or capital stock of an economy, well, uh, this is nothing if you do not have the people to move it or to move the goods. And the labor market in uh, Germany is um, um, like in almost any country uh, specific in its own. Uh, one, uh, because of its uh, quantity, we are talking about uh, at least 43 million people being employed in Germany, materializing that Germany is somehow the biggest uh, economy in the EU. And um, of the 43 million people being uh, somehow moving all that stuff, uh, you can say uh, 10 million people do work in production. 24 million people in services and 9 million in other areas. And what is uh, one of the specifics in Germany is if you do come to Germany, you definitely will be able to find an engineer, a consultant, um, other people of um, craftsmanship, um, wherever you are, uh, because of a huge amount of people in uh, being self-employed. Uh, we are talking about more than 4 million people uh, dealing in IT or uh, engineering, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what is also of interest, uh, today I read a short article about Tesla uh, coming to Germany. May you have heard about it, that they want to create the biggest uh, battery factory in the world in Germany. Why do they do this? Why do they go where uh, in former times only sand can be found uh, 50 kilometers uh, west of Berlin? Uh, and it's about the ingredients. Yeah, I mean, the experiences of the people and the combinations of work, skills, uh, experiences that you will be able to find here. 
Um, and concerning the labor market, maybe come to this issue later on. It's very specific because Tesla, for example, they have to be attractive uh, for the type and the understanding and the style of working of the people here in Germany. But uh, before uh, elaborating too much on that, I would uh, like to pass on to Petra telling you about, well, uh, the intangibles uh, that you may will be able to find here in Germany as well. Uh, thanks, Reinhard. But that actually does um, loop in quite well because what I wanted to point out was the high research and development experience we have here in Germany and the money we're putting into it. Uh, in Germany, actually, enormous sums are putting into R&D projects and new technologies and innovations. Uh, actually, it's the country which, which invests most in Europe, not only with respect to its economy, but also in percent. Uh, it's for more than years, they've been investing more than 3% of their GDP into um, R&D projects, uh, private and publicly, whereas about two thirds of it is a private investment and one third is public investment. Uh, on top of that, uh, there are big EU, EU projects, uh, actually at the moment, uh, Horizon uh, Europe, um, which has a budget of 85 billion. And Germany is one of the countries where most of that um, expenditure is located, finally. Uh, another very interesting um, topic for the last year has been the public-private partnerships between universities and institutes, which are privately financed, making access to the high-end research and development um, uh, in the universities quite easy for, for firms to go into that. Um, and also a lot of startups have um, developed uh, near the universities and it's been pushed by the government too. Uh, and startups always have a good impact for, uh, well, uh, known uh, companies uh, to get uh, new information and new technologies. And last and not least, uh, there is a research allowance of about 500,000 euro per year, which you can deduct for specific R&D projects or get a tax refund. Uh, totaling to 50 million, which is not so unattractive either. Um, I hope I gave you some insight to research and development and pass on to um, Jürgen. Yes, thank you, Petra and uh, Alexander and Rainer. We have learned obviously some about the basis of the German business. Why is it working? How is it possibly structured? Um, but um, of course, it's interesting to find out what industries are the key industries uh, running the German business. We have learned about um, the infrastructure, including the infrastructure by um, uh, working force and infrastructure for research and development, but all this has to lead to actual business. So maybe um, Rainer, you can give us some hints on uh, one of the key industries, please. Well, yes, sure. I mean, um, if you think on, on Germany, um, uh, may you think about uh, nice German autobahns and the Mercedes-Benz, yeah? So, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, mobility is, is a big issue here in Germany. 
And uh, if you want to have a look in, into the high-ranking companies in Germany, so the, the first top three in Germany, they are all mobility-related companies. Uh, you all know for sure Volkswagen, Daimler, and also BMW, yeah? And uh, to, to give you a, a short idea how important this mobility sector is, um, if I tell you, uh, before we talk about 43 million people being employed in Germany, at least 2 million of them are working directly, indirectly uh, in the car industry. Uh, but also the, the rest is not too bad. I mean, uh, the, the fourth biggest company is uh, the Federal Railroad Company. They do employ more than 200,000 people. But uh, beside this uh, federal logistic company, if you like, uh, there are a lot of local and regional mobility companies uh, providing uh, similar services. And uh, not last to mention, uh, Deutsche Lufthansa as, as a symbol of uh, air transportation uh, or uh, this sort of mobility uh, before Corona, they had about uh, more than 70,000 people employed and uh, huge network uh, comprising of other airlines in the world. So um, if you do come to Germany, you can have fun with lots of nice cars, uh, nice autobahns, uh, sometimes delayed uh, uh, trains, um, but always uh, being ready to go to any destination worldwide. Um, um, so uh, this may for first impulse on mobility or a major sector that is indicating also what Germany can lose in the uh, 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 time of transformation we are obviously in. So I would like to give back to, to you. Yes, um, we obviously have also some other key industries apart from mobility, uh, including the automotive part, the train and the flight business. Um, I assume Petra has some other. Well, uh, it was just what, what, what Ida was saying, um, locks into that too, actually, because um, Digitalization is one of the big issues and one of the key industries by now in Germany, which you wouldn't really face because we don't have Facebook or Snapchat or something alike. We're not too good on B2C business uh, in digital economies, but we're pretty good in B2B business. Just uh, take SAP as one of our um, outstanding software companies. Um, and digital industries actually come from strong sides from, from Germany. That's um, mobility, as, as I just mentioned. Uh, and there's a lot of digitalization take, uh, taking place in mobility, taking parking spaces, uh, self-driving cars is evolving, uh, all the on top uh, things, uh, logistic production machinery, education. We have a high level of education and digitalization, not in schools, but university and uh, other. Uh, education, uh, production and education have actually been driving the uh, uh, digital uh, digitalization. 
But the media, the digital media industry is quite important too by now, mainly located in Cologne, Berlin, and Munich. Um, and just a few numbers. <clears throat> uh, 50% of the German uh, industry uses digital marketing strategies. Uh, Germany is responsible for about one quarter of the European B2C business. It has the biggest online learning market and also the fourth largest FinTech market of the world. So uh, you see that it's something which is already implemented in the German business, but still is growing. Um, and I think uh, the uh, Internet of Thing of the combination of uh, digital industry and machinery is one of the uh, most um, important parts of the German economy to go for in future. Okay, thank you very much, Petra. Um, Alexander has some insights uh, on a business area which is actually located very close to. Okay, thank you. Yes, to conclude the chapter of the key industries, allow me to give you a brief insight into mechanical engineering in Germany. In world trade, the German mechanical engineering sector has occupied top positions for years. Almost 80% of production goes abroad, especially to the USA and China. Production value mounted to over 200 billion euros in 2019. Due to the coronavirus, the sector has suffered greatly but after a decline in production in 2020, a growth of 4% is expected again in 2021. This sector in particular is often synonymous with the German Mittelstand. Many submarkets have a great amount of global market leaders, uh, market leaders or hidden champions which are located in Germany. These are often family-owned mid-sized companies. Here, Made in Germany stands for quality and high engineering skills and continues to be in great um, demand abroad. Some well-known companies have already been taken over by foreign investors, just to mention the robot manufacturer KUKA as an example. Foreign investment is at a high level and um, arti arti artificial, uh, sorry, art artificial, uh, artificial intelligence in particular is seen as a key technology here and is being massively expanded. AI is expected to account for a third of future growth. In addition, the development of new standards for smart machines and systems and the use of new communication standards in connection with Industry 4.0 is being driven forward. The same applies to the standardization of digital twins. These are considered the basis for being able to extensively test new developments digitally in the future before they are used in factories. Due to the great importance of this industry, excellently trained engineers are to be found in the labor market. Over one, people, over one million people are employed in this sector. The sector will certainly continue to grow in importance as a key industry in the future. With that, I would like to close my remarks and now, Jürgen, it's your turn again. Yes, thank you very much uh, on, to all three of you for the key industries. Um, I would like to add a small remark. Uh, speaking of small, uh, in Germany, more than 96% of the enterprises are small and medium-sized enterprises. So that's the backbone, really, of our economy. We've heard of the large firms but all those would not exist if they wouldn't have sufficient suppliers 
and small medium-sized firms being active in niche markets. So that's also another, in quotation marks, key industry in Germany. Nevertheless, now it's really time to get to our very own profession and um, in business. So we would like to provide you with some information on the taxes. Uh, most investments uh, from other countries will um, end up in a corporation. So uh, we should start with the taxes on corporations. And uh, Rainer, would you be so kind to give us some key information on that? Sure, pleasure. Well, corporations here in Germany, um, they are taxed uh, also in a specific way. We all know about the corporate tax. Um, this is a linear tariff uh, starting with a fixed 15% may uh, some solidarity surcharge on top of it. Uh, but depending where you cite your business, yeah, uh, also the local town or the region uh, is um, entitled to impose uh, income tax on, uh, on a corporation. And we call this uh, trade tax on income. And uh, in most cases, uh, the tax rate really depends on, on the local situation. So you have to look uh, where you where you go to. And uh, what I can tell you, regularly, you have a total income tax rate for a corporation between, let's say, 30 and 32%. Yeah. That, the reason you learned about is, well, we have this trade tax on income. Uh, this uh, make this uh, variance, or is a reason for the variance. Um, but I also uh, can tell you about uh, local German tax havens you may would not imagine necessarily uh, associating Germany also providing tax haven situation. Yeah, for example, I can tell you that very close to Cologne, Monheim, but also since this year, uh, Leverkusen, Krefeld and Langenfeld, they reduced dramatically uh, their uh, local tax rates. And based on this information, uh, already a buyer took this chance and moved some factories from uh, Eastern German parts uh, back to uh, Langfeld and uh, Monheim, but also Leverkusen for sure. And uh, in these circumstances, uh, you also can have a total uh, tax rate uh, of 25, 26%. That in these days is pretty uh, much the same what you can expect may in America. Well, and what is also of relevance, uh, how to allocate the taxable income. Well, we, there you talk about depreciations and all that stuff, how you treat intangibles and all that stuff. But uh, what is also of interest, the kind of activity. Uh, sometimes you can avoid uh, trade tax on income if you only deal with real estate in the sense that you lend out pieces of real estate. And as long as you do not enter in as a dealer in real estate, uh, you are fine with about 16% total tax rate in Germany. Uh, is not too bad, I would say. And also what is always crucial for uh, investors coming to Germany, they often ask, oh, how long can we 
work with our tax laws straightforward. Here in Germany, you can almost work with them uh, forever. Yeah, I hope not, but um, in theory, uh, legally, it, there's no time constraint uh, up to which you have to work up tax laws straightforward. Yeah. And what is also very specific in Germany, well, do you know something about group taxation? Yeah, there is some sort of group taxation, but um, this is embodied in uh, corporate contracts. Yeah, you, you may have heard about uh, profit and loss transfer agreements. Yeah, this is the uh, corporate law-based, legal-based system of some sort of group taxation we also know about, yeah. So made this as a first insight on, on this uh, nice area. Going back to you, thanks. Um, Alexander, would you like to continue with the non-corporations? Yes, please? of course. Yeah, same, of course. sure. Uh, so I can give you some short information about taxes for individuals and uh, taxable income in Germany is taxed by a so-called linear progressive tax scale, which starts at a tax rate of 14% for residents with an imp income of approximately 9,400 euro, which then increases to 42% up to an income of approximately 58,000 euro. Then the tax rate remains linear. For higher incomes of 274,000 euro or more, a surcharge surcharge of 3% is added. And for couples, these incomes limits, income limits are doubled. Those who are members of certain religious confessions have to pay a surcharge of 8 or 9% on their income tax. And to cover the cost of the German reunification, a solidarity surcharge of 5.5% is added on the income tax, but not on the income, on the income tax. In the upper linear range of the tax scale, so the total tax burden, including church tax and solidarity surcharge, is approximately 48.1%. Without church tax, it's 44.3%. Since 2021, the solidarity surcharge has been abolished for lower incomes. For passive, passive income from capital assets, such as interests and dividends, a re reduced tax rate of 27%, including solidarity surcharge, is applied. And due to the constitutional requirements to treat all taxpayers equally, Germany does not offer tax incentives except in very limited cases. Special regulations for expatriates or for stock options, as they exist in some other countries, do not exist in Germany. In addition to individual taxes, VAT is becoming increasingly important. This topic has been taken up by my colleague Petra, to whom I'm happy to hand over the floor. Uh, thank you. Yes, uh, well, I'll start with one of the good things. One of the good things if you um, import things into the EU, uh, we have a common VAT regime and we don't have any uh, tolls and tariffs uh, on supply. And also it's uh, quite uh, easy to deliver services within the uh, EU. So that's a good part of it. Uh, in general, we have a net VAT system uh, where you have to apply VAT on your supplies and services. But as a company, you can deduct input VAT. So only the net amount will have to be paid. 
the general rate is 19%, but we have a reduced rate of uh, 7%, mainly for um, grocery, hotels, books, uh, some cultural event, and the moment even um, if you're allowed to eat out, if you're allowed. Um, there's no VAT on exports and intercommunity deliveries. For intercommunity deliveries in B2B uh, area, and also for the B2B services, there's a reverse charge arrangement, so you don't have to cope with VAT in other EU countries. Uh, still, um, for B2C uh, deliveries, intercommunity deliveries, there is a threshold. Uh, and if you deliver above the threshold of the country, you'll be you'll probably have to register for VAT purposes, but there's going to be a change 1st of July. Uh, what to watch out for? What I just said, threshold for deliveries in B2C area. Uh, documentation needs uh, for intercommunity deliveries and intercommunity services, uh, and watch out for registration and filing requirements. What I just saw is one thing I wanted to highlight. We had um, corporate taxes, individual taxes, and VAT. I wanted to say one thing. We don't have any wealth tax here. That's at least one good thing about Germany. So, um, Jürgen, I think that yeah. was sort of my run through through VAT issues. Yes, maybe uh, that you have already highlighted uh, non-income and VAT tax uh, being the wealth tax, which we currently do not have. Um, do you have any other tax-related issues which we might? Yeah, there's there are, there are some because. You know, some people don't invest like they set up a company or uh, just they, they just import and trade goods. Uh, they're not going to be taxable as long as they don't have a permanent establishment. Uh, or sometimes they just give a loan, which will not be taxed um, if it's not secured by real estate or by registered chip uh, or deposit with the bank. Uh, we just heard the bank uh, rate for that. Uh, or maybe it's a license. Uh, there's a license um, withholding tax of 15%, but most DTAs will reduce that within Europe. It can be reduced to zero. We have DTAs with uh, more than 70 countries, most, all, nearly all um, big economies are included, except for Brazil. Uh, and there's one thing which I've also wanted to highlight, which is not really a tax issue. Uh, it is, uh, if you have staff in Germany or within Europe, you have to be aware that it's not a common social market. So if you send staff from Germany to, say, Austria, you will have to uh, make sure they, ha they have the correct certifications that uh, will um, help you not to have to register those employees, which may even be if they just work there for one or two days. Um, so uh, please take that with you, that if you uh, have employees working within different countries in Europe, you'll have to watch for that. Um, that's just some highlights I wanted to give you with tax, ta most tax issues. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, having talked about uh, all kinds of tax issues, uh, our profession is also accounting, so um, we should talk about that little bit as well. It's my part, I think. So let me give you a short brief uh, about the accounting rules. 
when setting up a company, there's a simplification with regard to the type of accounting up to a profit of 60,000 euro or turnover of 600,000 euro. It's permissible to prepare only a cash-based accounting. If the limit is exceeded, standard accounting records must be established and annual financial statements consisting of balance sheet and profit and loss account and if necessary notes to the financial statements have to be prepared in accordance with German GAAP. IFRS financial statements may be used just for public filing but do not provide an exemption for the company from the compilation of a German GAAP financial statement. Um, companies with certain legal forms must disclose their annual financial statement figures in the electronic federal gazette. The type of and scope of disclosure depends on the size of the company. And for subsidiaries of group companies may under certain conditions also publish the consolidated financial statements of the parent company instead of the standalone financial statements. If the size of the company continues to increase, then companies are subject to an audit obligation. If certain limits of turnover, total assets and average number of employees are exceeded. This means that there, are, there is a legal obligation to have an, the annual financial statements audited by an auditor. And then the next size, uh, if group companies with parent uh, subsidiary relationship are required by law to prepare consolidated financial statements and have them audited. However, this is only, also only the case when certain limits of sales, total assets and number of employees are exceeded. Compared to the audit obligation, limits are once again significantly extended. In addition to accounting rules, labor law is of great importance for economies that rely on their well-educated workforce. That concludes my remarks and I hand over to my colleague Rainer, who has taken up this topic. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, I don't want to annoy you with too much nitty gritties out of this uh, fancy world, but uh, to give you some um, uh, brief highlights on that. Well, like labor markets all over the world, uh, they are highly regulated um, uh, areas. Um, I, and uh, also in Germany, the regulations are primarily in favor of the employees, not necessarily in favor of the employers. And um, if I name some aspects or main areas of regulations, um, most of them uh, did pop up uh, in the last years, um, couple of years, uh, uh, for example, um, Minimum Wage Act, um, uh, or act on temporary employment or uh, these um, a germ act on posting of workers um, uh, these areas are of relevance because um, the automotive industry other uh, highly competitive industries uh, they seek for minimizing their costs and they do this in uh, dividing labor and sourcing labor uh, in various areas. And there, these concepts are of relevance. Um, well, um, in Germany, everything has to be documented in written form with respect to labor law. Yeah. 
And uh, well, if, uh, if a foreigner wants to become an employee in Germany, uh, often the question is, uh, what requirements would I have to fulfill? Well, the employee has uh, to get a residency permit. And what is the obligation of the employer? Well, <clears throat> the employer has to check whether there is a residency permit available for uh, this employee. And they also have to inform the alien uh, authority here in Germany. Well, uh, it's um, uh, one way to hire, to sign a contract, but what if uh, the parties will have to go separate ways in case of termination? Well, um, Termination and all that stuff is uh, a very formal area. Uh, you can uh, fall into pitfalls and uh, do a lot of mistakes, but there are lots of uh, labor law attorneys around uh, we are networking with. So uh, you, you do have a good chance to avoid all these issues, yeah. What about uh, managers and directors coming to Germany? Well. What I can tell you is there are no specific restrictions for managers or directors, yeah? Uh, neither in age, nationality or so. The only requirement uh, is that um, once you are filing for becoming a general manager of a German GmbH corporation, you will have to provide consent to the notary before getting yourself enrolled in the trade register as general manager of that company uh, that you haven't been uh, accused for uh, having convicted a certain criminal act or something like that, typical uh, white collar crimes are question for, yeah. But uh, beside this, um, no specifics. Uh, are um, to become considered, yeah. So um, let's let's close this for a moment and uh, handing over to my colleague Peter for getting you further insights on other issues that may are of interest for you. Thanks. I, I think it's my turn. No. So, um, um, Rainer, uh, yes, uh, I think uh, we, which we didn't highlight yet, unfortunately, is one thing that you probably will have to challenge, which will challenge you is uh, bureaucracy uh, overall in Germany. I think all of us have a lot of examples for that, but uh, it's not more than actually in other countries. Even if we have a lot of bureaucracy, most of it is efficient at least. <laughs> Jürgen, uh, sorry, I think I interrupted you. Thank you very much um, to Petra, Alexander and Rainer for contributing um, your thoughts uh, to all these various topics uh, we wanted to try to cover. Um, tax rates are one issue, um, but as we learned the infrastructure by physical, legal and educational workforce means uh, is just as important. And just to give you one short story, a friend of mine, he, he worked uh, for the automotive suppliers in 
Spain and in France, and they finally turned back to Germany, not uh, due to uh, the lower tax rates, but simply due to the workforce they would have here, um, highly educated, and due to the reason that the Germans always need long time to change things, our law, as Rainer stated already, remains quite uh, stable uh, over the years. So if you invest in Germany, you know what you're investing in and what the consequences are of this. So um, let me thank you all for participating and uh, hope to see you someday in Germany. And if you have detailed questions, you know how to get in touch with us. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you again um, to the panel and to you, our moderator, Jürgen. Um, thank you to our audience for joining us today. This has been Vantage Worldwide, Germany edition, brought to you by Abacus Worldwide. Please don't forget to find other episodes in the series on your favourite podcast app.